All right, this is Jared with Lefty's Precision Rifle Podcast. This is episode 27. We have Easton on that owns Meraki machine. Did I mess yes, that up, sir. Easton, already? Meraki or Merakai machine, however Merakai. you want to Dang it. it. See, we were just talking about it and I messed it up. So, everybody, here's Easton. Easton, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us, tell us who you are, where you're from, any, any info you want to give. Yeah, um, I'm born and raised in southeast Idaho. Um, I moved away uh, as a, you know, er, in my early 20s, went to machining school um, and then worked for quite a few years for a couple different companies and then ended up settling back in southeast Idaho where I'm from. Um, actually ended up building a shop with me and my dad who builds custom rifles and then um, decided instead of going into business together, we would just build one shop and each kind of go our own ways and so um, I started a machine shop and we kind of stayed in the gun realm of things we do all things muzzle brakes flash hiders adapters so basically everything we produce is just components to the custom rifle world so um, we've been doing it now for about uh, almost quite a year uh, on our own and so my father's been building rifles for about 15 years and I've just started building all the components now for, like I said, just close to a year now. All right. It sounds like you've been staying busy. Yeah. We, it's, it's funny how it is a slow kind of crawl when you start and then all of a sudden it just, it's ramped up in the last month or two. We've probably done more than we did in the first eight months. And yeah. so we've actually uh, just kept picking up and growing and growing. And we're just kind of hoping that we continue a steady climb and it's been good. So it's been enjoyable. Good here. Uh, so you kind of, you kind of got into it. So you've been doing it a year. Uh, how you come about, what do you make for precision shooters? Obviously I would think some of it's on the hunting side since you're kind of in the family yeah. on that hunting side, but for the, competition side also what what do you make for rifle shooters yeah so currently like i said our i mean our bread and butter is kind of in the muzzle brake department so most of what we build and sell is our uh, m1 self-timing muzzle brake um we started off doing a lot of catering to custom rifle builders um so we do a variety of diameters anything from just under three quarters of an inch all the way up to almost inch and three eighths. And so we really wanted to start with our muzzle brakes and kind of cater to all sorts of people just in the brake world, right? Guys that shoot competitively in, you know, an ELR division shooting the big stuff, guys that want a little teeny two port to put on their hunting rifle. It's lightweight. And so, um, We've done that and we've had success with it. We, people have liked our design. Um, it's a little different. We try to make it somewhat unique, um, but obviously, you know, still keep it as just plain and simple and effective as we can. Um, so a lot of what we do is for custom hunting. Uh, I mean, for custom shops that build lightweight hunting rifles. Um, and then a lot of what we do too is for the guys in the competitive shooting that just want an effective muzzle break that's i mean a lot of times they're still lightweight right so we make like a five port titanium muzzle brake and we do all the different diameters so you can get one that best matches your rifle so that you don't have to have this big bulky thing on the end and you're still getting something that's you know i think our heaviest brake at five ports and oh it's 1.1 inches in diameter is still under three ounces um, and so it's just a really effective component, super lightweight. And, um, and so, yeah, we try to just stick in the muzzle device world and we've kind of really captured a lot of people that like to hunt and a lot of people that shoot competitive. Yeah. That's, that's what I wanted to see if you're going to bring up is it looked like just watching your social media and your and looking at your website that you do a lot of the ELR stuff and then look like you've been playing with titanium, making the super, super light, mm -hmm. lightweight stuff. And one of the other things I want to bring was looks like the majority of your brakes almost are all designed to, to go straight out like 90 degrees. They don't, 
a lot of our competition breaks have angles that come back at the shooter. So it really makes your head ring literally after shooting a day or two of them. So it looks like you're kind of, you have stayed away from that, that piece of yeah. it. Yeah. It's funny. Cause we, I mean, I have everybody give a different opinion. Right. And so a lot of guys like the angle baffles and they work great and they're good. Um, but we have a ton of guys that tell us that they actually just like the 90 degree baffles still reduces a lot of recoil still works great. And it doesn't give you as much gas coming back towards the shooter. Or if you're shooting in some, you know, in a prone position and you have people next to you, you're not blasting your competitors with your muzzle blast as well. And so, um, you know, we're really open to obviously new designs and I would say that in the future we'll probably come out with our version of an angled port um, but right now we've just had enough success with what we're doing and I mean like I said earlier even for us right now it's been hard to keep up with the demand and so you know if it's not broke we're not going to keep try to fix it if it's doing well for people so everyone's got their own taste, I guess. And we've just yeah. kind of decided to capture the people that like what, what we're doing. So. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, I could, I could take you out and some on a bench right now. These guys have seen it. I've got five or six or seven different breaks sitting out there. Just, I like to tinker and we'll get to talk about it, but I got one of my setups. I have a Tacticam that shoots video through it. <clears throat> I put one of your breaks through the paces along with some other real big name, real expensive ones. And that's, Another piece I want to get to, but we'll get, I put it, your prototype that we'll talk about that obviously Chad really likes um, to the test with my Tacticam shooting through my Night Force and your break and two other major, major names that are really cost twice as much as what you've got right now listed on your website. And I couldn't, you couldn't tell the difference if I didn't tell you which uh, break was on the end of the rifle at the time yeah so i want to post those up let you let you have them if you want and then i'll post them on uh, facebook when i post this up so yeah no we appreciate it see the see the videos yeah i think they'll like it but um so what do you shoot for a precision rifle obviously it sounds like you're more towards the hunting side but what's your go-to gun yeah so we you know it's funny because i don't know if we've ever really stuck with one thing being a custom gun shop there's always something that's new and kind of cool that i mean we try out but for the hunting world a lot of stuff you know seven mags 28 nozzlers 338s um i'm kind of spoiled in the sense that since that's what my dad's done forever even as a teenager it's just kind of whatever's the latest and greatest that you know we had at the time but um i I'd probably say that one of the favorite ones that we've shot for quite a few years is um, a 338 Lapua Ackley improved and it's a full custom build. It's got a night force optic on it. I mean, it's just when you can reach out and smoke an elk or a deer at a thousand yards and they don't even know what happened. It's pretty nice to, you know, it, you don't really care to go back to your store-bought, uh, 300 or your seven mags you know and so if i was to build one again for just all around versatility in the hunting world i'd probably just go with a lightweight uh seven mag i mean we use a lot of the big name companies as far as barrels and actions and optics and triggers and, and stocks i mean and so i feel like you know you used all those good components coming from great companies. And as long as you know what you're doing as the gunsmith, you're probably going to get a pretty good build. Um, and we're just, just so happens that, you know, we're already in that industry. And so we just use all of our own stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You sounds, you start talking 338 and seven uh, mags. That's those are cannons compared to what we're shooting on the competition yeah. side. So yeah, you start yeah. making those lightweight. I can, I can imagine those are, those are great for hunting, but it sounds like it'd put a beating on me. I'm kind of a sissy now. <laughs> well, and some of them mil. definitely, 
some of them definitely aren't something that you'd uh i mean like that 338 that we shoot i mean it's got a big five port break on it it's got i mean a big old heavy barrel that's you know all spiral fluted and i mean you get a thirteen thousand dollar hunting rifle set up it's probably not something most people would even want to go back through the mountains because it just may be overkill but if you have it it's kind of cool i mean for us it's more of just like a showpiece right i mean that's what we do so for us when we take videos of our hunts or anything like that it's just this is what you can have you know most yeah. people like to stick in the lightweight, you know, get their guns at six or seven pounds. They're not looking at trying to pack around a 14 pound rifle through the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'd, I think first of all, we got Chad and Chris on here with us. We'll get into Chad, see his input on your, uh, we kind of got into it. We got a test and a, a demo break or like a prototype break that you had sent to Chris with Kansas Arms Supply. He ended up shooting a little bit. Chad shot it. I've shot shot a little bit. And we shot some of your other ports that are actually on or your brakes that are on your website, the, the true 90 degree ones. But we definitely got to get Chad's story in here. He's told it, he's told it once already, but get him on here to tell his uh, night before story with your break. Um, so, yeah, uh, Chris had got those uh, breaks from you. And um, your prototype intrigued me at the time. I didn't know it was a prototype. Um, but I said, hey, I want to test that one. And Jared challenged me to put it on my rifle the night before a match, a club match up here in, in Ottawa, Kansas, um, at Great Plains, um, Great Plains Guns. And so uh, I screwed it on on a Friday night. We showed up at the match in time to check my zero. Um, it did shift my point of impact just a tad nothing major i think a tenth high tenth left well you change stocks you change stocks don't don't forget that part yeah i changed stocks too so i don't know (laughs) if it was the break or the stock or whatever but um re-zeroed it and then ran the match and and ended up um ended up winning so 81 impacts out of 98 um i was actually kind of surprised i won with the with those numbers but being first match of the year everybody was knocking some dust off so um about midway through the match even jared's like well how's that new break working and i just looked back and i'm like it's working really good (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah with the oh it's it's got kind of an open port on the top which causes a bias for the muzzle to be pushed down which was nice um at the time i was running a minox which if you've ever looked through a Minox, the, the reticle only has two mils above the crosshair. So the whole upper part of the scope is an open area. And so where the, that bias would push the muzzle down, it would push the target into that open area so I could get a clean view of any, any hits, any misses, trace, and everything. So it was pretty good. So Yeah, he's being a little modest. It was a regional <laughs> PRS, and there were some – there were some pro there were some pro guys there. I won't mention any names, but there were some guys that shoot two-day national competitions quite a bit. And they were all they were all sitting behind Chad. So he's he's being a little modest and he, he shot pretty pretty well, like extremely well that match. But yeah, I could I could tell he was liking it. Obviously, we're squatted together and I could tell he was digging it because he was only dropping one or two, if that, on on most of them. I think there might, there might've been some other stages you dropped more than one or two, but it yeah. obviously, it obviously wasn't very many. He was digging that. It was a good mix switching. So basically it was a gun he hadn't shot at all until that morning. He wasn't even going to zero it, check a zero that morning. <laughs> I kind of talked him into it. And I think you, you went one way, you went up or down and then left or right, like two tenths. Yeah. It wasn't much. Fired a couple shots and then called it good and then went out and won it. So that's pretty cool. First time I'd seen one of your your breaks in action, Easton, and he he brings home some some steel. So it worked yeah, out that's pretty, pretty well. Yeah, uh, that's pretty admirable to change stocks and brakes the night before. You you're being risky that way. <laughs> I don't I don't advise it. I don't advise. It. <laughs> well, and then to still go out and beat those guys, you're 
must be doing something right. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I made up for it. I made up for it on my first two day match. <laughs> oh shit! We won't get in. We won't get into that. So, Chris, what do you think? I think you shot. You shot both of them. I think you shot that prototype style, and I'll I'll put pictures up so people can see them. You shot the prototype, and did you shoot one of the the ninety degree yeah. brakes that he's got? So, Chad, you had the three port, right, or the four port? I have the four port. I had the four port yeah. and then the open top. And I think I had the I had, so I didn't shoot the open top as much as you did, obviously. You shot a match, but I, I sent about twenty. Probably 20 30 rounds through the open top and then 20 30 rounds through the three port. Um, the three port to me, there might have been uh, a little more uh recoil than some of the other bricks, but it was it was definitely manageable. And for the money, I don't I don't know for the money, I it's definitely it definitely did really well for uh, you know, being a not as not as much as the other ones cost. Um, on the open port one, because I know it's a prototype and you're looking for some feedback on it. Um, for me personally, it 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 does push the muzzle down, which is which is really awesome. And I think I was talking to Chad and Jared about it a little bit. I kind of felt like maybe that blast was coming up towards my head a little bit. Um, and I I don't know if it it could it might not have been the break, but it kind of kind of felt like it was like putting pressure a little bit. On, the, on my head just a tad and with me and chad were kind of just talking about uh if maybe if that was a little wider in the top like maybe maybe lead a little bit of a hood in the top but maybe still cut it out um that it might block some of that from coming back because uh i don't know if chad if you if you remembered it at all but i mean you shot a lot more than i did and i think you said you didn't notice as much as i did yeah but, i did i didn't um, notice it but for me it maybe kind of felt like a little bit going over the top of my head, I could just feel the pressure a little bit, maybe. Um, but maybe if that top piece was a tad bit wider, or maybe just a little bit of a hood on there uh, to kind of like push that. Or maybe if the baffles were uh, maybe turned to the top a little bit to make sure it doesn't come back towards towards the, towards the head area. But um, the one thing I did really enjoy about that prototype break is uh, it definitely keeps the muzzle down. Um, and I run not, we're not, uh, I guess we're not naming muzzle brakes, but, uh, I shoot currently, uh, well, I'm, I'm Al name. I shoot, I shoot the APA, uh, fat bastard. That's got the holes drilled on top of it. That's my primary. Um, and I would say that your prototype pushes the muzzle down better than that does it, it, in the testing that I did. It definitely pushes the muzzle down. You can almost feel it pushing it down. Whereas the, the APA does a good job also of keeping the muzzle down. Um, but you don't really, you don't, uh, I didn't notice it, the APA as much, uh, pushing down. So, um, <clears throat> but I think if I was, if I was designing that break, I would maybe, maybe instead of it just being completely cut out in the top, maybe widen that top just a tad bit to maybe not push down as much. Um, and then maybe see if there's a way to make sure that blast goes straight up and not back towards the shooter. If that makes any sense. Yeah, no, um, it, it definitely is something that we've, uh, um, I know exactly what you're saying. With that top piece, we have it very skeletonized out. Um, yeah, yeah. To try to give you as much, you know, gas extraction. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a simple fix as far as just widening that top fin, like you said, to maybe help keep any sort of gas coming back at, at you and then having it come out the sides and up the top. So, yeah. And like Chad said, he, he didn't really notice it as much as I did. And I don't know if it was, I kind of, I think I kind of slightly had a headache that day anyway. So maybe just the, um, when I shot that one, cause I did that one and the three port on the same day. And I, and I think I shot the three port first and I just didn't notice it until I went over to that one. And then I kind of felt that pressure around a little bit. Um, and I was telling them like, it's really hard to explain. Like, I don't feel like it's hitting me. You know, I didn't feel any blast hitting me or anything. It just yeah. felt like it was, it just felt like it was around my head more. Like I could just feel it, you know, all around. Um, and it may not even have been coming back towards me, but, um, but we had kind well, of, those are, it, but. those are angled too. Right. So it's kind of a weird kind of hybrid design. It's got yeah, a yeah. lot of material hollowed out the top for gas extraction, but then they are angled back too. So yeah, it's kind of a mix, but no, yeah. that's good to hear. I mean, like I said, what I, we had a few guys out there testing them and, um, you know, had good feedback from them. And so 
it'll just be a matter of if that's something that we want to continue with and, and then obviously deciding, you know, what sizes to carry and how many ports and, you know, all that fun stuff. It'll be something that we can just roll out in the future, you know, but if you get negative feedback or even some tweaks or changes, that's great. You know, things like widening that dot board, all things we can change and just kind of help it. You guys that actually shoot a ton, you know, cause that's the one problem for us is, more hunters it's like well once we're kind of dialed in we're yes. not throwing as many rounds down and so i mean it's it's a great thing to have people like yourself with a lot more you know input than even us as the manufacturers do so yeah and i think that's what would be the if, you, if you're looking into that market you know you're looking at somebody that on a on a two-day weekend you know shoot 200 rounds out of it mm-hmm. um maybe make it i guess if it is possible to make that tweak but um, but like I said, that was my, that was my feeling on it. <clears throat> I know I, Jared shot it too. And then, uh, he also, Jared actually probably did the most extensive scientific testing with it. <laughs> Cause he had, he, he, we'll, we'll call it scientific testing, but he videoed everything through, uh, through the scope to compare them to the others. Like he was talking earlier, but, um, Chad definitely ran the open port more than both of us, but, uh, I ran but a four I, I port do. more than both of you. You did, yeah. You ran a four port too. So yeah, so so the uh, next match, my next two day match, I actually put the four port on and ran the four port in a match. Mm-hmm. So and uh, again, completely impressed. I mean, matter of fact, it's still on the rifle. I haven't even take that one off the rifle. I've just left it on. <laughs> Good. So, We're glad to hear that. <laughs> and i will say the going back to the three port like i said it's it was comparable it's 100 percent comparable to the other brakes that i own that cost way more money like it's <laughs> to be honest i i after i shot the three port i was like i just been i feel like i've kind of wasted money buying some of the other ones like i could have i could have bought this with this one it works just as good and like you said uh the, the it's a it's a you know 90 degrees so the blast is going straight out away from you. Um, maybe a tad bit more, but not enough to make a difference. I mean, it's a shooting in that. That's what a, you know, a, a dasher. So it's not a massive, you know, cartridge anyway, but um, yeah, it's, I think Jared will probably get in more of the, the video type stuff uh, and showing how much, how much, how, or how little the difference there actually is. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, and that's kind of when I first started doing all this um, brake design and everything, I wanted to try to do something that was, I mean, a lot of times I look at everything, obviously, as a manufacturing standpoint, what it takes to build. I mean, when I look at other companies, I'm the last person to knock anybody else's company because, I mean, they're obviously doing something right if they've taken yeah. the time to design it and build it and but to me, I just go, there's a lot of things that you see from, from right, a machinist's eye that I go, what's, what's the point, right? It's not that I'm knocking what they did, but I just go, I can see why maybe there's cost more, or I see why they sell it for how much they sell it for. And I go, but at the end of the day, it's not really doing anything. And so it's, you know, the little extras that you guys as the competitors and even me as a consumer of other people's products, you know, my whole life. And I go, I'm paying a lot of money for something that really is doing the same amount as even like ours. Right. I mean, when I priced out my products, I go, I can build this for this amount of money. It still is cost effective to us as a company. We still make money. And I go, and it's still doing just as good of a job. It may be maybe simpler in the design and maybe the fact that we can machine it out faster so that we can get it to a price point to our customers that, you know, makes more sense for them to go, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that. I mean, that's a great price and I'm willing to pay that instead of, you know, cringing and then having to basically sell them on it's the best you'll ever get, you know? And so, I mean, a lot of it's coming from somebody that's thinking about obviously building the business, but then secondary, we want to make a product that people are impressed with and that, you know, we can put our name on and be proud of. And so I'm like, 
I really wanted to kind of get in, maybe you'd say that middle ground of we're not the $30, you know, break that you go buy out of the baggie at some of these outdoor stores, but we're also not the guys that are going to go out there and say we're the best in the world. So we're going to sell ours for $300. And, you know, if you don't use ours, it's crap. And so I'm like, I think we've done an okay job at getting something that's pretty simple in design. It's sleek. We do so many sizes that we try to get, you know, a full realm of lightweight barrels, heavy barrels, kind of your medium age, middle ground contours. And so we can just deliver a product that's simple, slick, and works really well. And it doesn't cost you an arm and a leg to put one on one or two of your rifles if you need. Yeah, yeah. So with, I wasn't trying to not mention any names, because once I post the videos, you'll, you'll hear the names names on there so so my input um obviously i shot your three port i i went out so my scientific testing was i went out one day i had a barrel that i needed to break in anyway i was trying to get 100 150 rounds through so i took out i think five i think five different ports so i took out your three port that's the 90 degree i took out your prototype that's got the, it's a three port but it's got to cut out the tops or out of the top. And then I took my fat bastard that I have on my competition rifle and then I took area 419 and hellfire. So mm-hmm. anybody's in the comp world knows the APA fat bastard and 419 there. Oh, I don't know. Chris, you'd probably know better than I do, but they're almost 200 bucks a piece. I think that the 419 might be a little bit cheaper. It's a little bit, but at least the ones you're your prototype, but I think it's safe in saying they're they're almost what you have listed on your website, Easton, at least mm-hmm. for the 90 degree three port, is almost half of that. A little more than than half of the, the two hundred bucks. Yep. So if someone's yeah, all of our to, three ports are a hundred raw and we charge one ten for them if you want them uh, a black Cerakoted. And to most of the guys that are in the custom world, they just buy them and then obviously Cerakote them to match their rifle. And so, you know, for a hundred dollars, you can get something that matches quite well and it does a really effective job. And so it may not be, you know, aesthetically sexy as area 419s or, you know, the APA breaks, which again, I don't knock anybody's company because they, they obviously make good stuff and they work, but sometimes it's, nice to have another option it's maybe in more people's price range so yeah yeah so yeah and that's that's what i was getting at was if i was building a hunting rifle as of right now if i was building a dedicated dedicated hunting rifle then i'd be putting one of your brakes on because one it's not gonna usually when i'm hunting i'm not wearing an ear pro like i am at competitions so that's one it's not blowing that blast it is loud so don't get me wrong on that but it's not blowing that blast back at my ears it's going out 90. They're not very, they're not heavy. And you'll be able to see by, by the video. So what I did each break, I shot five rounds through it. So I shot two modified prone, basically off a bench with a bipod and a bag as a rear support. And then I shot three rounds through each off of a rail, just off of a sandbag and an Armageddon gear, Smedian bag, like we do in competitions. So I shot about 500 yards at a 66% IPSC. And uh, basically between the bipod and a rear bag, you can't tell the difference between any of them, really. Even your, even your three port. I mean, you can't tell the difference if it's got cuts in the tops in the top or not. If it has a, a bipod under it from my, as Chris would say, scientific, it wasn't real scientific, but for my videos, it's as scientific as Jared gets. That is extreme. Yeah. Scientific. Yeah. <laughs> That's extremely true. Now off the, off the bag, you could tell a difference. Um, obviously, like I said, if I was hunting, I'd be using the three port um, with your prototype. It's got the cuts out the top. I personally could not tell the difference between APA fat bastard 419 or your prototype. So unless if you'd fast forward through the first part of the video where I talk about it and say which one I'm shooting, I don't think you'd ever be able to tell the difference. So like I said, I'll post those videos up. People can, and I know, I think it was Chris or Chad asked if I was free recoiling or if I was putting, so all of them and the competition guys will kind of know what I'm talking about. I wasn't free recoiling, but I wasn't, I was putting just enough pressure to 
to kind of hold my t-shirt against my, my day. I wasn't loading into any of them. I was trying to keep it the same amount of pressure on all of them. So you kind of tell the recoil and the muzzle jump on all of them. So you'll be able to tell, tell that when I post videos up. And, and like I said, I want to get Chad and Chris out to basically do the same thing. See what it, looks looks like through the scope whenever they shoot it as well they've been doing this longer than i have so see what they do it and i want to actually do it again and actually load into the, to the rifle like i do i think it's going to move even less but that's my input you'll you'll be able to see the uh videos and you'll be able, you can use them if you need if you need to or want to easton yeah, however, would love to. however you plan i just yeah yeah i took pictures of them so you can see the before and the after like I said, I'll post all that stuff up there and I'll tag you on the, on the social media sites. But um, what else do you have planned? You have anything new planned? So one other thing I wanted to get to your name, the name of your company, we were talking about it off the air. I, I thought it was a pretty cool story. So I wanted to see if you'd share that with everybody on the air. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, before we started, we talked about how, um, where I'm located, right? So we live in Southeast Idaho. So we're just, right up in the corner of Southeast Idaho. We're about an hour away from Montana one way and an hour away from Wyoming the other way. And so a lot of other businesses around here either get named with Grand Teton National this, West Yellowstone this, you know. And so to me, I just was like, I want one name or one word for my name that just has a deeper meaning so that I don't have to have something that's, you know, seven or eight words and so i just finally after you know just google searching for a week as i was trying to start this company i found the word marikai and it just means somebody that puts kind of you know a piece of their soul into their work and i was like well, that's great because i mean um to me i'm like i mean i'm 24 years old i got a wife and three kids and so i'm like it's kind of like we're putting everything that we've, you know, a part of us into starting a business. I mean, leaving a job with a wife and three kids and going and starting a company and investing everything. I go pretty good meaning. That's kind of what we're doing. So <laughs> yeah, I can't and, imagine you're braver than I am. Yeah. And, and for me too, especially like I said, we're, I'm 24. I mean, wife and three kids, most people at 24 probably don't have a wife and three kids. And so, I mean, for us, we started our family really, really young. And I just was like, you know what? I don't, I don't care. I mean, what am I supposed to do? I was just supposed to go work as a machinist for someone else and hate it. I'm like, I don't, you know, I got all this, I guess you could say like responsibilities, right. As far as having three mouths to feed or four mouths to we feed now. And it's like, I'm going to go for it. I mean, I'll hate my job for the rest of my life if I don't. And I go, I'm going to do it. So, I mean, it was a good fit for us. And then I liked the idea of having it start with an M2 because, I mean, our logo is just two little M's emblems. And so, I mean, Mirakai Machine just kind of worked out. And I always said, I go, you know what? I'll make the name. So I don't care what I name it. Yeah. You know, to me, it's like it's going to be something that people know of because of what I choose to do with the company. And the other thing too, is I go, and nobody forgets it. I mean, everybody I talk to, they go, Oh yeah. Like I heard of that company name. Like you're the one with that funky name. I go, yeah, but you didn't forget it. So I go <laughs> pretty good too for people. And even the machining industry, I mean, like out here, we kind of live out of any big towns. And so the closest, um, you know, like tech for our machines it either comes all the way out of four hours away in Montana or almost five hours away out of the capital of Boise. And so, I mean, we're kind of out in the boonies and I go, yeah, but you guys remember who we are, even as a little shop out here in the country. So it's worked out good. And it's something that people tend to remember, which is, uh, I guess, a good way for us to do business as well. So, yeah. How, how many, uh, how many machines are you running? I know some of these machine shops talk, you know, talk about start, they're running one all the time or they're running half a dozen. Yeah. How many, how many machines you guys running? Yeah. So when we started it, again, right. Only about a year ago, I mean, I was really on the fence as far as being like, how much do I invest? Right. And how much can you even invest? I mean, 
you see, especially in the gun industry for machines, you see guys that'll start off with a, a $30,000 or a $10,000 lathe and start making some parts. And you see some of these big companies that have, you know, machines that are a million dollars plus for one piece of equipment. And so, I mean, the realm of equipment and machines and tools is quite vast. I mean, you know, 10 grand or, or, or a million plus. And so for me, we started off and I was purchasing machines right as soon as the whole, you know, COVID pandemic happened. And everybody was like, man, you're really going to go do that right now? And I'm like, yeah. And what else am I supposed to do? Just wait around. And so it's funny because it actually has worked out great for us because we got probably the best finances that anybody would ever get on starting a business because everybody was scared to death over stuff. And so we actually were fortunate enough that we got to go buy two machines at, at one time. And so we actually invested and we bought a pretty nice you know lathe all cnc equipment um and we've put them you know in our little shop and we've just been running between the two of them um you know my dad has some manual equipment and then i bought and we currently run two pieces of cnc equipment a mill and a lathe and uh they run as about as quick as we can we're actually looking at probably investing into some more equipment in the next six months to keep up with production so it's it's a pretty vast a vast industry i guess so there's all sorts of stuff that you can do yeah so how another just g whiz question but i don't know anything about this stuff how how long does it take to make a three or a four port um, break how long does it take a machine to make from start to finish basically so that probably again depends on just kind of how it, you know uh, of an amazing machine you got i mean there's some machines out there that can c- cook out a flash hider in you know sub five minutes oh, and our our equipment is not um you know probably up to that standard but i mean for us making like a four port break you know, a titanium is a lot tougher to machine than the stainless, hence why they're a lot more money and just the lightweight and, and the material costs a lot. And, but I mean, you could, you could make a break in 20, 25 minutes and, and that's pretty, you know, any machinist out there will go, wow, you're doing it slower than can be. So it just, it just depends. Really? Some guys, some big companies make stuff so fast, it would blow your mind. And then there's the guys that are in their garage shop that, you know, takes them half the day to make one, but they still get it done. So it's, it's pretty, pretty wide, but yeah, I'd say, you know, 20, 25 minutes for us, we make them and can get them complete and sent out the door to get coding. So. Yeah. See, that seems, that seems fast, fast as beacon yeah. for me. I don't, obviously I don't know anything about it. That just seems smoking fast to me. Make it I mean, it's. I look at it and it looks extremely intricate to me. Yeah. Well, and I guess that, I mean, it's funny because even like guys that'll, that are local, right, that come in the shop, it's funny because some of these days I almost have to like lock my door because, I mean, to me, even when I first started, it is pretty amazing, right? You're seeing a piece of equipment that's worth a quarter million dollars sitting on the concrete that's just taking a raw piece of steel or titanium and making something i mean our piece of equipment has multiple axes and and multiple spindles and you know it can turn and it can mill all in one machine and so i mean our like our new model of brake the original m1 version for all of our retail stores we put wrench flats on them we engraved the caliber on them we put our logo on them and then they get, you know, an outside thread, an inside thread, the ports milled, all the ports deburred, everything. And then it just cuts it off and drops it out the door. And so, I mean, for me, it, we're still a small shop, but my goal is to be very productive as a business because one, obviously we want to make a living, but two, I mean, you guys as a customer want to get your parts 
I mean, I don't know anybody that goes online and orders something and is like, man, I'm happy that took three months to get here. I mean, if you buy it (laughs) and you decide you want it, you want it now. And so to me, I go, I get it. I mean, because everything I do with, so this is, I own two businesses. And so to me, I'm like, I get it too. I'm a consumer. And so I'm like, if you go, if you finally decide to pull the trigger on something and buy it, you wanted it yesterday. So it's like, for us as a company, the bigger and better we get, it's not really even about making money. It's more about just making a business that, like I said, one day people go, hey, that's one of the best businesses to work with. And that's really our goal. I'm like, everybody we deal with, we go, the relationship gets built and then, you know, the business comes and in turn, we're a profitable company. But to me, I'm like, it's all about the relationships that you build. And so, you know, upgrade your equipment, upgrade your tooling, make it so you can build them faster, nicer, cleaner, more precise, more effective. And then you'll just keep impressing the people you work with. And then the customers that are ultimately the guys like yourself that are competing with them. Cause I mean, if you've got something on the end of your rifle, it doesn't matter if it's 20 bucks or 200 bucks, you want it to work. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to, I was going to see if anybody's going to bring that up. That we've talked about it. Chad and Chris and I talk about guns or competitions about every day, but gun industry is huge. Right. But the competition piece that we're kind of stay in, even the hunting, the precision hunting piece is real small, but word gets around real quick on companies that provide what they say they'll provide or kind of fall short of what they say they'll provide. So yeah, word gets around quick in such a big industry and, and yeah. yeah. So the, the whole so customer mean, service piece. You mean like 12 week lead times that you should multiply by four? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that word, that word gets around real quick. I think the customer service piece, like you're talking about, <laughs> is almost yeah. as important if not more important than, than oh the, yeah well the, just being straight with people i mean it that's one of the things for me that drives me insane even for myself is just dealing with people that just are i mean it seems like in today's day and age it, it, nobody lies they just oh, i forgot you know it's like it's just funny to me that i'm like people will just just not do what they say they do and so to me i'm like I try to shoot anybody I work with super straight. It's going to be three days. I have it out in three days. And if not, I'll let you know. And if it's going to be out in three weeks, i let you know. And so to me, I'm like, we're just, we just try to be as transparent as possible because then it just, you know, hopefully keeps everyone happy. And then if you're not happy and we did the best we could, you know, sorry, but I guess that's, <laughs> there's nothing we can do. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think sorry, Jared. I was gonna say, yeah, I think I think in in our game, and I like to call it a game because that's what it is. I think most of us have got used to waiting. Um, especially I love sm- supporting smaller shops, and so I know the the equipment's not there, the turn's not there, but I know the passion and the drive is there. And so if you're that busy but you're, you're a straight shooter with me, I can always plan around a wait. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tell me, hey, it's going to be, you need this piece of equipment, but it's going to be 12 weeks, I might say, hey, give me two then, because then I know when I get those next two, I can place my next order or so mm-hmm. forth and so on. I can start to plan around that. But when you tell me it's going to be 12 weeks and I plan around that and it turns into 24, 48, things of that nature – then I start to get irritated and I'm going to probably throw you under the bus on a forum somewhere when somebody says, Hey, should I buy from this company? Hey, they make a great product, but you ain't going to get it fast. Yeah. Or, and they just weren't truthful with you. Right. Like you said, I mean, to me, everything I've ever thought of as far as business, I go, if I under promise and over deliver, everyone's happy. You know, if I told you two weeks and it showed up in a week, you'd be happy. If I told you yeah. two days and it showed up in two weeks, you'd go, well, what the crap? Like, so I'm like, yeah. way better to do that and keep everybody, you know, happy that they got it early instead of trying to promise and then not be able to follow through. And then you just have people pissed off. And like you said, it's amazing how 
you know, it, even nationwide, right? We ship all over the United States, some into Canada. And it, it's funny how this guy in Texas knows this guy in Florida. And that guy in Florida actually does work with a guy that's out of Kansas. And then the guy in Kansas competes and has a buddy in Utah. And then all of a sudden you go, oh, yeah, I could see why if, you know, if I was a dick to even one person pretty soon now, <laughs> five guys are like, I wouldn't work with them. Yep. So to me, I'm just like, that's not worth it. The, the quick dollar is not worth the relationships that you could either build or, or burn, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, you you mentioned that, and uh, the one company that comes to mind, you guys will probably be able to back me up on this one. Is the Foundation Stocks, Amy and John Kyle. I just bought a stock from them. They told me twelve weeks, and it's it's actually on its way now in eight weeks. So I was I was more than happy to spend the money. Was they they make an extremely nice stock, but it's expensive, and I was mm -hmm. just fine with waiting the twelve weeks. It's coming in eight weeks. I'm, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm ecstatic because I was ready to wait another four weeks for it just because I knew they were honest with me and it was going to take a while to, to make what they make. And yeah, they're, they're getting it to me early. I'll probably end up buying, buying more from them. And I'll always recommend them because they, yeah, they are, they're honest. They're busy. It's a small shop. Only a couple people working in there. Then yeah, I'm going to stick with them. So it's kind of like, Sounds like the same business model as what, as what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and the longevity that way too, right? Like I said earlier, I'm 24. I go, I'm going to be doing this for a long time. So I go, <laughs> you know, if I, if I, I mean, if I am dumb, right. At 24 years old, just going, well, I just got to make money. So I'm going to hurry and send that out. And I guess it was probably just the way I was raised from, you know, my father to, that's just not how you do things. And so I'm like, blessed to have had that ingrained in my mind from day one but yeah i mean for us i go crap happens in business and in life and so that's why i'm like to me i mean every one of my you know retail stores or every one of my custom gun shops i go you have my cell number i'm like i don't have a customer service line i am customer service so i go if something's wrong text me call me email me i go we'll make it right because i'm like inevitably once in a while Maybe some product goes through that was bad. That doesn't mean that we tried to screw you over. We just, you know, had something that maybe wasn't caught on the machine or that, you know, went into shipping and, uh, you know, had a wrong label. And it's like, but you can dang sure guarantee that we'll fix it. So it's, it's good to have, you know, people that are willing to work with you in, in, in any avenue. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of talk about this off air, but do you have anything new planned? You you already said, and you've you've alluded to it here that you obviously run the machines as, as fast as you can. And even the prototype, I guess we kind of we were lucky enough to get our hands on one. But do you have anything new coming out that you wanted to to mention? You know, in fact, we've actually kind of almost not pulled back as far as production, but originally when we started we were really catering towards custom gun shots right and and i i thought to myself i go with the way i designed this break and the the effectiveness of it for being as simple as it is i go what do people want they want something that looks clean on the end of their gun right especially in the hunting industry they want a lightweight and even in the competitive shooting right you don't care to have any excess weight if you don't have to and uh so we really catered towards custom gun shops to build brakes that match their barrel contours and so we did two ports three ports four ports and then we did them out of stainless and then we did our new prototype that we sent to you guys as something that we were going to roll out and it was just funny how it seemed like i'd have to beg people to try us right a lot of these gun shops, they're, they're relatively small and, and so are we. And so I go, you know, great. I'll take care of you. you. You know, you keep coming back here. I'll give you discounts if you buy X amount, you know, and, and it just seems like a lot of these gun guys just instantly go to area 419 APA. And I go, well, I'm not mad. I mean, like I said, uh, they make good stuff. I understand why you would go with them. But, you know, all these guys that go, yeah, we love supporting other small shops because I'm small. 
instantly would jump right over and throw on the stuff that everybody knows. And I go, that's fine. But is it because you didn't like our product? And then you go, no, it works great, but we're just going to go with these guys. And so it's more of just a name recognition. And so for us, I, I stopped doing that. I just was like, you know what? We make three ports. I guess something new, our five port titanium break is about the newest thing we have that's rolling out now. Um, which has only been out a few weeks and we've had a lot of good responses with that. People like it. Like I said, same design. So we know the effectiveness of our product is there. Um, and then it's just, you know, now we make it in a five port because it is so light, we can add even a little more recoil reduction. And then they're so dang light that guys just love having that, you know, few ounces. And so as far as new products on top of that, we've got so much of the work that on the ones we already have that for me to redesign something, probably not in the near future. Um, we are looking at maybe potentially doing something that's not a muzzle device here in the near future as well. It just kind of depends. And if we can keep up with what we're doing. So as we grow, yeah, we'd love to add stuff. I, I kind of like the idea of keeping with the muzzle device and just really branding ourselves as some of the best muzzle device. You know, a lot of these companies build a brake and then they go and they build a, a rail, you know, a pick and tinny rail, an arc rail, and then they go build, uh, you know, a, a reloading dies and then they go build, you know, reloading presses. And, and I go, hats off to you if you can do all that and you're doing it great good job i go but to me i go there's not really anybody out there that comes to mind that goes man they build all things muzzle components and they kick everyone's butt and so to me i just go we were new and that would be a lot of years down the road but i go i think that for our business model we'll probably really stick with just trying to make some of the best cost effective and all around muzzle devices and so yeah i mean as the months and years go on We'll continue to kind of just hone in in that area, I think. Yeah. That's a well, that's a good problem to have if you don't have enough time in the in the day to keep building what yeah. you're building now. Yeah, it is good. It's hard to complain. We've for being a fairly new company to have the good, you know, responses from our customers that we've had. And then obviously, like I said, we don't want to necessarily blow up because if I can't I mean, I don't want to be the guy that's four months out, right? A lot of people go, that's amazing. That's You got four months of work? I go, yeah, but I also got a lot of pissed off people. Yeah. I go, I just want to crawl, walk, and then we'll run. I don't. I mean, we've even gotten to the point where you go, you know, you if you're building 50 muzzle brakes a week, and then all of a sudden now you're building 500, well, I don't really have time to go design something new. And so... Like, we just want to make sure also, too, that the quality stays there, even for a price point where we're at. The last thing we care to do is degress and, and then start developing a bad name, which some companies do, you know. They come out, they have a lot of quality control because they're small, and they blow up and get so big that all of a sudden their parts start getting crappy, and then, you know, people stop going with you, so... We'll, we'll kind of crawl, walk, and then hopefully we'll run in the coming years. So, yeah. So, how does how does someone get a hold of you? So, listeners are listening to this, they want to at least check you out or, or try one of your uh, muzzle breaks out. How do they how are they going to find you? Yeah. So, uh, mirakaimachine.com is our website. Um, and it's definitely still as a new company, a, a big work in progress. I mean, we, try to keep up to date with everything that's on there. And if something's not on there, we're, we're fairly quick to turn out what people need and get it out to them. Um, as far as social media, we don't really have a huge social media presence. We're trying to get better at that. Uh, best thing is probably just an Instagram page. I mean, we showcase our products on there and that's Mirakai underscore uh, machine. And so two best ways. And then, you know, especially on the website, you'll be able to find my personal email. Come, so that'll come straight to me. It's our business, easton.mirakaimachine at gmail.com. Um, and so we're 
fairly quick. Everything's we're still small enough that everything comes straight to me. So you'll you'll get a hold of me in one way or another through a you know an Instagram message, uh, a message on our website, or my personal email, and so we're fairly quick to respond. All right. Any, anything you want to add? So we'll start wrapping it up here. Anything else that you want to add that I didn't mention or I forgot to mention that's on it's on our outline that I sent you? Any shout you outs? Know, I, I honestly could probably ramble more than you guys would want me to. And I'm sorry <laughs> to the other guys. I kind of took <laughs> most of this, but no, I, I appreciate you guys, you know, reaching out to me and letting me come on here and speak. I mean, I, like I said, hopefully just as we grow as a company, we'll be able to continually, you know, move new products and, and, and improve, you know, the ones that we already build. Um, I, I guess as far as a shout out, I, I, there's definitely some companies that I would love to thank, but I try not to name drop anybody else's company just for the sake of not knowing if, you know, they're, they would love that or not. But I mean, we've, we definitely work. We do a lot of, a lot of custom work actually. So we are still a machine shop. We don't take outside uh, onesie twosie work, but we do. I mean, we manufacture quite a bit for other custom gun places. And so we even private label their stuff. And so a lot of our brakes that are out there on the market don't have our MM for the Mirakai machine on them, but they have other people's stuff. So same port design, same break, but we private label for a lot of other companies. And so um, something that we're trying to get away from as our brand grows, we're really trying to just stick with our products and growing our brand and our name in the industry and kind of, you know, taking credit for since it's our staff. But um, yeah, I mean, we've had some great people that we've worked with. And like I said earlier, building the relationships with people is our number one. Because I've always said, you know, if the relationship's there, the work will come and we'll be successful through that. And so, I mean, even like you're, you're, you guys reaching out and having you try stuff, I go, I could sit there and tell you how much recoil reduction it gives and all this stuff. And I go, I'll just let the product speak for itself, you know, try it out. And if you like it, you know, I, and now I think we've done it for long enough even on the last year that we've had enough good reviews that now I can kind of, you know, tell people, I go, well, without name dropping other companies that we've built stuff for, I go, we've had a lot of good reviews from people that are pretty dang good competitive shooters. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I won't BS you. I'll just tell you that they work pretty good enough that we've sold thousands of them in the last eight months. So <laughs> we just keep hoping that we can, continue growing and meeting people that we have to deal with yeah chad how about you you got anybody any shout outs or anything you'd like to add what's that you have any shout outs or anybody anything you'd like to add before we get off here um no not that i can think of i just um thanks again easton for sending those like i said i i enjoyed it <laughs> oh i'm glad it's good to hear so. No complaints here. Good deal. We're glad that it, it didn't hinder you in any way. So. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not one bit. So, Chris, how about you? You got anything to add? <clears throat> oh, I think if I just add anything, uh, thanks for reaching out and sending those breaks uh, and giving us a chance to try them out. Um, and kind of like we were saying, like I was saying earlier, like I would, and like Chad ran has ran your break, and um, I would I would run one tomorrow in a competition. I mean they were they were fine. They, uh, I, to be honest, I I haven't tried out a lot of other uh, breaks, but for the money you got, you can't beat them. I mean they they work great. And again, thanks for reaching out to me and uh, allowing us to test out your breaks and stuff. Because I know you you know as as a machine shop and trying to get your own thing going you definitely don't have to do that and uh, i think it's pretty cool uh for you to to reach out and do that so yeah well thank you we i i appreciate people that actually give us the feedback because yeah. we're pretty selective with who we actually will send something to right i mean 
everybody and their dog would take one for free. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. and I, I've gotten private emails and messages and phone calls of guys that sure like to, you know, tell me why I should give them one. And I go, <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate you reaching out, but I, I don't really care if you're, you know, if you shot this far last year, that's, I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm like, we work directly with certain companies and certain people that we feel like are, are one, a benefit to us, but then two, that we actually comply with, <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you call me and you're kind of acting like an a-hole and then you act like I should send you one for free, I go, I appreciate you reaching out to us, but you, <laughs> you could purchase one if you're going to act like that, but. So no, I, I really do. I appreciate the feedback because to us, it's all about just getting better as a company. And so, I mean, if nobody tells us that they don't like something, how are we supposed to change it? And then if people tell us that, you know, they like it, or, or if we never hear that anybody likes what we're doing and then we go change it and they go, Hey, why the heck did you do that? Well, because if we don't get any feedback, we don't grow as a company. So no, I really appreciate the opportunity that you guys had me on here and then that you, you know, shot them in competition. Like I said, you're pretty gutsy to go throw on something new and go out to a competition <laughs> the next day. Well, it's kind of become my MO. <laughs> well, I'd say if you're winning, guys, I'd keep it up. I need right, a steady lady, supply of new items. <laughs> yeah, Chad, that is kind of Chad's. Well, we all kind of tinker, obviously, but yeah, Chad's MO was kind of been, let's change it up and see how it runs. Obviously. Chad definitely, Chad definitely tinkers more than the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any, any important shots before we got, get off here, fellas? No, nothing for me. All right, Easton, again, thanks. Thanks for, uh, hey, likewise. Hanging it up, coming, coming on here and, uh, and being a guest, Chad and Chris. Thank you guys for coming on. So you guys don't have anything else. We'll get off here. All right. All right. Thanks, fellas. Thank you.